Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of FOMO Fans. It is episode 46, episode 46, and on this episode, we're going to think like a fan, and we're going to break down the seven mindset hacks to fall in love with change. I know some of you that are out there, I always say I'm a change evangelist. Well, what the hell does that mean? We'll get to that. But also, if, if change has always felt scary, or people have always told you change is hard, I'm calling bull crap right now because I believe that the only reason change is hard and change is scary is because we've been operating in a mindset of change of the olden days. For me growing up, and I say olden days, I'm a millennial. I was born in 1981. And I remember growing up, and there was two major changes for me growing up, especially through high school. And it was, we went from VHS to DVD, and we went from cassette tape to CD. And if you are a you know a younger millennial or Gen Z, a CD is what they used to put music on before you know Steve Jobs invented the, the, the iPod. Um, you know, and a VHS was something that you know my dad held this giant camcorder over his shoulder that went to you know DVD. And for those that don't realize that we didn't have mobile phones, so we couldn't just video record everything um, like we do now. I mean, right now I have a time lapse going on an S7 Edge. I have uh, Instagram Live going, um, doing a, a podcast behind me, and I'm streaming live here on video. Times have changed; everything has changed. But what I kind of what I'm trying to still here is that the way that we've always approached change was something like DVDs going to uh, you know VHS going to DVD. Because that kind of change was, it was incremental, but it was also something that didn't drastically impact every part of our life. But you're going to look at artificial intelligence. We're going to look at Internet of Things. We're going to look at big, all of these things are changing every aspect of our life. So I'm going to break down the seven mindset hacks to, that we need to embrace. If we embrace these hacks, you're going to go from being scared of change and, and being afraid of what change is going to have to offer to loving change. And that's a uh, FOMO fans guarantee if you embrace all seven of these mindset hacks. But before we get into the mindset hacks, got to thank our sponsors who, of course, make FOMO fans possible. Uh, shout out to Nine Spokes. Uh, guys, do me a favor. If you were listening to this on any of the video channels or any of the, uh, the audio versions, do me a favor. Go to ninespokes.fomofans.live in your browser. Open up another tab. And what it, uh, Nine Spokes is, is a smart, dynamic dashboard for your cloud-based tools to be able to bring that data into, your, into one view. It's a smart dashboard. It's free to sign up. All you got to do is go right there to the landing page. In the middle of the page, it'll have uh, four questions. You just fill that out. You sync up your individual tools that are cloud tools. Bring them into one dashboard. I think I have four or five of the audience uh, that, that listen to FOMO fans have tweeted me. And get this. This is what they've said. They said that this is a business game changer for them. So the URL is ninespokes.com 
FOMOFans.live. So nine spokes.fomofans.live. If you are listening to this on the podcast, it will be on the uh, in the show notes, wherever the show notes uh, may be. So please bookmark that. Please check those guys out. Give them some love. And then, of course, the five-minute rant part of this show, which I do at the end of the podcast, which is not available on the live video because I want to create FOMO, of course, is sponsored by Iographer. Iographer is the case and the book bag that I use for all of my live streaming. If you're watching this live right now, you actually see the Iographer case over my shoulder because the Iographer case with the, with the wide-angle lens is actually on, uh, on display. I'm actually using that right now. Uh, if you look in the show notes, you guys will get 10% off any of these cases that you uh, uh, want to check out. So thank you to Nine Spokes. Thank you to Iographer. And uh, the newest uh, you know, location for you guys to check out this show is at C-Suite TV. Uh, I'm syndicating this show every single week to C-Suite TV. So if you go to cctv.com slash shows slash FOMO fans, you'll do that. All right. Did I talk fast enough through that part? Are we ready to go? I see everybody here on the live audience on Facebook Live. We got Periscope audience uh, tuning in. We got Instagram Live. I got you guys on iTunes and every one of your favorite podcasting apps. My favorite podcasting app to consume podcast is Auto Radio. So check out Auto Radio for FOMO fans. But we're going to get into the seven mindset hacks to fall in love with change. And I already talked about it. It's really about you, you almost have to reboot. You have to reboot or reformat your hard drive. You have to reformat how you approach change. And the first one is one you've heard me talk about a lot on this show, but it can't be overlooked. It cannot be overlooked at all, right? So this is something you have to understand is that perfection is a fairy tale. So the first mindset hack is you have to remember that change, when you're, when you're, if you have perfection on your mind and something is driving change, the first thing you do is push it away because the, the easiest way to get Closest to perfection is to eliminate variables, eliminate change, right? And, and unfortunately, there is no such thing as perfection. But if in our minds we're like, I want the perfect workflow, or I have the perfect setup of the apps on my phone, or maybe I have the perfect uh, you know, setup on my desk. I don't want to mess up my desk. Well, I don't believe anything is ever perfect. And if you can remember that perfection is not the goal, and you understand that, it's one of those things that helps us. Think of it this way. Remember the old days. Remember, every time I use old days, this really just means like 2000. Like it doesn't mean, I'm not talking like, you know, my dad, baby boomer days. And if you guys are baby boomers, I love, I love baby boomers. I am uh, generation agnostic here on uh, FOMO fans, so I give love to all generations. Um, but for me, when you're looking at this, the old way of doing things, and if you guys remember the AOL discs that we used to get sent in the mail, or when you went from Windows 95 to Windows 2000, what did you have to do? You had to actually go out to the store and buy this giant box that contained a very little CD, which was really funny because they had this giant box with a little CD inside of it, and you would actually have to physically update the, the actual software. So the software was thought to be as close to perfection as they could get. Well, in this new world, this cloud-enabled world, we are doing updates and app updates and tweaks and tests all the time. And I think when you realize that, you know, you don't have to release an app when it's perfect, right? You don't have to push something when it's live. You don't have to wait till it's so good that it's going to go live. Because if you've listened to Shark Tank, you know, the Shark Tank, I can't remember who said it. It might have been um, Mr. Kevin O'Leary, but he talked about if you release your app, and initially people don't hate it, you waited too long to release your app. 
because you were, you were seeking perfection. So that's number one. So perfection is a fairy tale was number one. Number two, control is an illusion. What I mean by control being an illusion is that we oftentimes try to control our environment, try to control the way things are going. I mean, this is a great example. I'm recording this podcast live, and I have a lot of natural light here where I record, right? So technically, if I was controlling my environment, I would say, I don't need any lighting gear because I can control what's going on. Like, I'm going I'm to set this all up. But the interesting thing about that is... I can't control what happens on with the weather outside. I can't control if all of a sudden it's a, it's a shady day outside. So rather than trying to control my environment, rather than trying to control your workflow, trying to control the way that you, you're, you're setting yourself up, you have to allow yourself what I like to say, plan A, plan B. I mean, there's, there's 36 letters in the alphabet. You don't need 36 plans, but I do recommend setting up multiple plans so that you're able to kind of adjust as you go to what, what's kind of happening and change. And if you guys, those that weren't watching on my Instagram stories live, um, Instagram stories got to see that Wirecast, which is the software I use to stream this show, um, the software actually crashed five minutes before I was supposed to go live. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, well, here's a good taste of what happens when uh, you're not seeking perfection, right? And you kind of have to realize that you can't control. I can't control if my 2015 MacBook all of a sudden, you know, decides to take a, you know, a weekend off or a day off and, and shut down. So control is an illusion is number two. All right, number three. Perspective drives experiences. Perspective drives experiences. So I talk a lot about the power of empathy. But one of the things that you have to think about when it comes to change, and I want you to think about this. All right, everyone, everyone here listening to this show, I can almost guarantee that you, you can pick, you can have, you've had this scenario. You, 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 someone tells you or you go to the app store and they say, Brian, I know that you're using Google Docs, uh, but I think you should use Evernote. Go ahead and download Evernote uh, you know, onto, your, onto your machine. You should use Evernote. Evernote is my favorite tool of all time. Well, our first inkling, of course, is I'm going to go download Evernote. I'm going to go download exactly what they have. But this is the thing that we do incorrectly. And I'm going to talk a lot about the app side of the house when it comes to change because it, it allows people to visualize it. But when you download a new app, and you're thinking, wow, this, is, this replaces Google Docs for this person? Holy crap, like, oh my, I should probably use Evernote. You have to remember to have perspective on where, where they're coming from with their recommendation, as well as perspective of what that tool does for you. I know for me, I use a lot of different tools, but I don't use all of the features. I'm a big fan of Keep It Simple Stupid, a little kiss. I like keep it simple, stupid. So I like to use whichever tools are going to simplify my process but give me the benefits that I need. So when that person recommends Evernote to me, I know Brian Kramer was uh, listening here live a little bit ago. He's a big Evernote fan. The first thing I have to remember is, okay, Brian Kramer is a keynote speaker. He was the owner of an agency. What is his view of these tools? Has he ever used Google Docs? Does he have to work with other people, right? Because I think sometimes we look at change, and rather than than putting perspective on it so we understand what the experience, you know, like perspective gives us context for change, right? Perspective gives us context because we want to know what the change involved, how it's going to impact us, the person that's recommending it, where did they come from, maybe even what is it going to do for my hardware, right? You have to, you have to put perspective in because it has to be the overall experience, not the individual app. Because there's really nothing we use today. No, no technology, no tool. Maybe other than this 
Apple iPad Pencil that I'm holding up, um, which is what I use on my uh, Apple iPad um, Pro. That that's like th this tool is only good for one thing, but a majority of you know apps that we use or tools that we use are multi-purpose, and that's just something that exists out there. So that's number three: perspective drives experiences. Number four, which is one of my favorites because this is kind of how I live: organized chaos is the new normal. Organized chaos is the new normal. And what I mean by that is organized chaos is this idea that you don't have to have everything perfect. And my favorite example for this is, and I'm sure if you're listening, or if you're in the live audience, you're watching live, I would love to hear if you guys have heard this, right? There's tons of blog posts that tell you if you have a messy desk, then you are productive. Most productive people, people that work really hard have messy desks. And for me, this is kind of funny, right? Because that's how we kind of live in organized chaos. But there's a reason why all of the, the, the blog posts talk about messy desks. Because people that are organizing their world, people that are focusing on perfection, and they're not trying to allow chaos to exist, they don't have time to write blog posts. Get me? The reason all of the blog posts talk about why messy people are most productive is because messy people aren't wasting their time trying to perfect the chaos. They're just organizing it into a workflow that matters to them. For me right now, I have four screens up in front of me. If you guys would see this, um, you know, if, for those that are listening only, you know, I have two monitors, a MacBook Pro and an iPad Pro all in front of me. And this does look kind of like organized chaos. And I can guarantee you my Instagram live audience can give you a, a, a hell yes, this looks like organized chaos. But for me, it works perfectly. But for you, maybe it's one screen too many. Maybe you push one screen down. One of the things I also like to do is I always manage notifications, right, and kind of change them around. Because here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it's business change. It doesn't matter if it's workflow change. It doesn't matter if it's life change. It doesn't even matter if it's uh, partner change, if your spouse changes. Maybe you move. When you move to a new location, rather than trying to perfect things or control your environment, understand and embrace how your own workflow exists in an organized chaos manner. Because the thing that's nice about organized chaos is that you can always adjust and tweak. I don't like listening or reading blog posts that tell me 10 things that billionaires do before 5 a.m. Well, that's great. I would love to be a billionaire. But if they do those things, those 10 things before 5 a.m., it doesn't mean that it I'm going to work for those 10 things before 5 a.m. So remember, organized chaos is kind of the new normal that we live in. I mean, the fact that we're getting new updates to our apps as we go, I'm running all of my software on the beta versions of, of uh, the Apple tools, which is a whole other version of chaos. So that's number four. Organized chaos is the new norm normal. Number five. Number five is commit to new with trust, training, and tools. And I'm going to walk you through this. Commit to new with trust, training, and tools. The thing that's interesting when it comes to technology especially is that when we get new technology, when someone throws us new technology or we get a new dev device, I know my buddy Dan Moore just jumped in from Australia and he's a big gadget guy. He does drones, uh, amazing storyteller, one of the best storytellers that I believe exists in the digital space. And he, get, he has all kinds of new gadgets, new cameras, new things. But there's a funny thing that happens when we get new technology. If we are someone that loves change, if you are an early adopter, if you're someone that likes bringing in something new, when you look at a new gadget, you're like, ooh, I want to try this out. I'm going to use it all about. But when you're, when you're afraid of change, if change is scary for you, when you get a new gadget, this is what you do. I can almost guarantee everybody does this with a new app. 
If you're like, hey, I want to download a new uh, Messenger app. I'm going to try out WhatsApp. But you know my favorite app is Facebook Messenger. I guarantee what you do is you download WhatsApp, and it sits on the last page of your iPhone or your smartphone, right? It goes to the very last page, and then you're like, ooh, okay, I'm going to try to use that. And you use it for the, day, the first day, and you try to use it for the second day. And then all of a sudden, you go back to Facebook Messenger because, let's face it, you don't trust that the tool that you selected is good enough because it's not replacing the other tool. Because if you want to truly test out change, you must commit to it. And I talked about this on our early episode. I believe it was episode four or episode five of this podcast. One of the things that I, I do on my phone, every one of my phones, is I have a folder on my home screen that says test one, two, three, four. And every new app I download, I put it into that folder, test one, two, three, four. And what I do is I actually swap out whatever app it's going to replace. So I don't delete that app, but I move that app off of its location, and I put the new app in its location. Because before you can actually start to embrace change and understand the value of a new product, you actually have to give it its due diligence. If you're not using it the same way as the tool you're trying to replace, guess what? It's never going to be as good. I mean, we all have that friend, right, that you always recommend new things, and every time they're like, no, nah, it wasn't for me. No, I don't like that. No, it wasn't. that wasn't what I... Well, guess what? They're so scared of change that when they embrace that new technology or that new tool, they don't trust it enough to implement it. They don't train themselves on it to better understand it. And then ultimately, they don't kind of wrap their head around everything that goes around, especially with that idea of trust, training, and tools. And I always say this because when I worked in big enterprise, I worked for a data center company. When you're, when you're deploying a brand new tool, you need to trust the tool you need to trust the users that are using it. You need to train the users that are using it. You need to train yourself on using it. And then you worry about the technology. Too often, people go right to the technology. Brian, I want a brand new podcasting, I want a brand new podcast uh, microphone. Okay, that's fine. But to implement that new podcast app, microphone. You have to trust yourself that you picked the best one. And I'm so bad at that. I have multiple microphones here um, on my desk because I use different ones for different things. But you have to trust that you picked the right tool. You have to train yourself on you, you know, using it. I have one microphone that's USB. I have one microphone that plugs into a mixing board. I have one that goes directly into my iPhone. So you have to train yourself on it. And then you have to embrace the technology. If you're going to replace a microphone, replace it for a month and then sit down and actually evaluate it. Because too often we evaluate the change without giving it the same amount of love and attention as the incumbent. And guess what? The incumbent is going to win every time, and you're going to start hating change when really you don't hate change. You just suck at understanding how to test new solutions. So that's number five. Commit with the new and the three T's, trust, training, and tool. All right, number six, success and goals come from your why. Success and goals come from your why. So this is what I want you guys to understand. So when you're, when you're thinking about building out your success plan and you're thinking about your goals, maybe for it's, it's for your business, maybe it's for your technology, maybe it's for something new that you're embracing. When you're embracing and you're creating out what does success look like, if you outline success and you put a technology in there, you put a tool in there, you are limiting yourself against change. For example, 
rather than saying, hey, I, one of my success metrics this year for Brian Fanzo, so iSocial Fans, my company, I said I wanted to do 100 episodes of FOMO Fans in 2017, the podcast, right? I want to do 100 episodes of that show. Now, I didn't say I want to do 100 Facebook Lives. I didn't say I want to do 100 Periscopes because guess what you do or 100 iTunes. You, when you create a success, when you're thinking about picturing success, if you include the technology or you include the what or the how, you will never be open to change. If, if I said I'm going to do 100 Periscope episodes of this show and that's what I put on my board for what success looks like, if there was a new live streaming app from Instagram or a new live streaming app from YouTube, guess what you do? Yes, I, I see uh, excellence here on, uh, on my live stream. You stagnant yourself. You limit yourself because you immediately go, ooh, well, for me, success was doing 100 periscopes. I'm not going to even look at YouTube now. And that is, a, that is a massive issue today because change is happening so fast, we're moving to augmented reality and virtual reality, and most people aren't even figuring out video yet. And so rather than saying, I want to have a YouTube strategy, let's create a video marketing strategy that allows us to have open possibilities for live video, maybe for Snapchat storytelling video, maybe for time-lapse video. And I think this is one of those things that we really do really bad as, a society, as, as entrepreneurs especially. When we start defining success, which I think is critical, before you do anything, you must define what success looks like, we have to remember that Success has to be about the why. Simon Sinek, you know, Simon Sinek, one of my favorite books that I've ever read, you know, it's about the why. Because if you, if you put in there what you're going to do or how you're going to do it, it truly does limit your success. So that's number six. So we're on to the last one here, number seven. And number seven is pretty much, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I posted this out on my Instagram channel today. Being opinionated without being informed is just plain stupid. And what I mean by that is, this is a pet peeve of mine, probably one of my biggest pet peeves that exists in all of the things I like to rant about. If I ask you, if you're an Android user, and here's a shout out to all my Android users, I have my Android, uh, my Samsung S7 out there. If I go to you as an Android user and I say, hey, do you like Android? Is it, a, is it your um, you know, preferred operating system for your phone? If you immediately go to say, well, um, yeah, because iPhone sucks. I mean, I mean, it's limited to iTunes, and it does, and, you know, on uh, uh, Apple, you know, you have to be paying to the man, and you have to upgrade all the time, and it's so, you know, you can't customize it. If you immediately are so misinformed that you decide to just share your opinion without doing your own due diligence enough to where you talk about what you know, because for me, if you ask me iPhone versus Android, I'm going to say, well, I love the iPhone because it has these things, because I'm informed, right? I, I also, to be informed, you must understand both sides, right? Majority of people are not informed when it comes to politics. And I'm not going to get down the politic debate, but you ask a Republican about the fundamental, the key reasons why Democrats are the way they are, they don't know that. They just know what, they're, what is the opposite of them. If you ask Democrats, well, and that's just, that's just the way it exists. It's, it's, a, it's the reason that there's so much hostility. It's the reason there's hostility in religions, right? I, be, I, I firmly believe, you know, one of the, my favorite regions to visit in the world is the Middle East. I've been to the Middle East 25 plus times. I absolutely love the Middle East. I love the Muslim culture. I've, I've had an amazing time there. And it was because I went there and experienced it. I became informed with, with what they're 
their culture norms were and understanding their beliefs and understanding being able to walk their footsteps and how they believe something so that whenever I looked at my thing, even though I am not Muslim, I now feel like I am informed enough to put my decision out there. And I have no idea how I went politics and I went religion. But here's the thing. Change does not have to be scary. Change does not have to be hard. But change to be accepted, we have to stop thinking about change the way that we've always done it. We've always looked at change as things that happened in the past. I mean, think about it. We had regular tube TVs forever. Tube TVs existed, you know, I don't know, tube TVs existed since the 70s, 60s, whenever they were invented. And then all of a sudden we went to flat panel TVs. And then we had plasma TVs. And then we had all these. The TV has actually transformed like 15 times over the last 10 years where it only transformed once over the previous 30 years. And so if we live in an environment where we're still looking at change the same way we did when the TV wasn't changing but once every 30 years, we will always hate change. And remember, the whole reason I started this show is I tried to get people to embrace their FOMO like I do. I love the fear of missing out. I love testing new tools. As soon as I see there's a new update, I mean, that's why all of my things are running on beta. I really want to, I love that, that living on the bleeding edge. But what I learned was not everybody loves living on that bleeding edge like I do. And I was trying to force them to change their habits in such a drastic way that I actually said, you know what, I'm going to create a podcast that cures their FOMO. So you don't have to embrace the fear of missing out. You just have to tune into this show every week so that you can have a better grasp and understanding of what the possibilities are that are out there. So real quick, to, to, to recap those seven different uh, you know, mindset hacks to fall in love with change. Perfection is a fairy tale. Number two, control is an illusion. Number three, perspective drives experiences. Number four, organized chaos is the new normal. Number five, commit to new with trust, training, and tools. Number six, success and goals must come from your why. And number seven, last but not least, being opinionated without being informed is just plain stupid. And I'm going to leave you guys with this. No technology, artificial intelligence, live video, live streaming will fix stupid. Stupid will always exist. No technology will fix it. No change will fix it. Nothing fixes stupid. And too often, this is something that really bothers me, is that, you know, Periscope, somebody live-streamed shooting somebody on a live-stream Periscope. And then somebody was live-streaming um, and, and in the same room when, so, um, you know, helped somebody commit suicide. And immediately, the people that hate change, they blame the technology oh my goodness, Periscope made this happen. Periscope is the prop wrong. Periscope isn't going to stop stupid people from doing stupid things. Technology isn't going to prevent evil from being evil. What I believe is if we embrace change, if we have an open mind to what these new possibilities can present to us, and we focus on amplifying what good things are a result of the change, then guess what? We will drown out the noise and the bad stuff, the, the stuff that I said. Remember I said, you know, we can't fix stupid, but I believe we can embrace change for good and we can drown out stupid and we can start to make stupid less of the front screen. I challenge you, the next time you're listening to a news channel or somebody talking about, you know, Snapchat created kids 
getting naked with other kids. No, 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 no. It wasn't Snapchat. Snapchat made it easy on your phone, but let's face it, since the since everyone was children that were living, you know, like since you were a teenager, you were you were doing things that, that were very similar to that, just doing it in a different way, right? Let's 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 remember where we stand and remember where the technology plays. We oftentimes blame technology when it's a people problem. And remember, you can't throw technology at a people problem. You can throw a fun podcast like this at hopefully the problem of embracing change. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This is episode number 46. Stay tuned for the five-minute rant coming to you guys exclusively only for you guys here on the podcast. Big shout-out and thank you to our sponsors, Nine Spokes. Remember, go to the, the website, ninespokes.fomofans.live. And, of course, the sponsor of the rant segment, which is coming up right now, is Iographer. Check out in the show notes. I have a link for you guys to get a discount on Iographer. If you're watching this on the live video, I actually have my Iographer stand live streaming on Instagram Live right now. Guys, I recorded this on a Wednesday morning. I usually do this on a Monday. Monday afternoon. Um, my daughters had um, teacher parent night. And actually this morning, my, I put my, my daughter, a first grader and a second grader, uh, on the school bus this morning. So a big shout out to all of you parents and all of you kids, all of you uncles and aunts that are um, sending your kids back to uh, school. I can guarantee you're probably excited that they're back at school, not driving you crazy. And now that you're not being driven crazy by your children and they're getting in a wonderful, well, let's not say wonderful education, they're getting an education, uh, that gives you no better reason to then go back and check out all of the FOMO fans episodes that you might have missed. And if you haven't missed an episode, it must be because you love the show. I would love for you guys to leave a review on iTunes. Just jump on iTunes, hit leave a review. The more people that leave reviews, the, the better it, it looks for my show, it looks for my sponsors, and hopefully it gives me a bump up the numbers on the iTunes search because I can tell you uh, we're very close to hitting 150,000 downloads on this show, and it's blown my mind because I didn't expect to hit 100,000 down, downloads now, and it's all because of you guys that are awesome. You embrace change. You embrace the fact that I live stream my podcast and I syndicate it out there. So I, I wish you guys a wonderful day. And remember, no technology, no change will fix stupid. But if you embrace these seven mindset hacks, you'll fall in love with change. And change will go from being scary and something you fear to something you embrace and hopefully something that changes your world a little bit. And together, we'll all change the world. My name is Brian Fanzo. Better known as iSocialFans. Cheers, my friends. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We are now on to the little rant extra FOMO-inspired uh, segment of the show for episode 46, where we broke down seven mindset hacks to fall in love with change. What's love got to do? Got to do? Oh, yeah, I'm not singing. Sorry. I, I apologize for all of those that just probably either almost crashed or now fell off the treadmill. Uh, the singing will stop. I apologize. We will not continue on that side. But uh, this is the five-minute section. The five-minute is brought to you by my friends over at Iographer. Guys, check out iographer.com. The book bag that I use that I travel with all of my gear in it is from my 
my friends over at Iographer and the case that I use to live stream with. It allows me to put on my microphone on top of it, allows me to clip on different lenses. Uh, I was actually using a wide angle lens with my iPhone 7 Plus on a tripod and I was able to attach a Rode uh, microphone as well as a lighting microphone all to a device that fits in my book bag. So check out iographer.com. Uh, down in the show notes, you'll actually see a discount code uh, so you guys can get a discount off of the uh, wonderful gear at iographer. So, you know, one of the things I was talking a lot about was change and, you know, understanding, you know, how to wrap your head around change. And I guess my rant is you don't need to change for change's sake. You also shouldn't change just because everyone else is doing it. I'm a big believer in zigging when everyone's zagging, right? I'm a big believer, and, and, and I think there's so much value in that if you see a trend going one way, there is value in bucking that trend. But here's the thing that really bothers me, and it's, it's, you know, it's a, something that I, I talk about a lot on stage, but I don't talk about it a lot here on, um, you know, on this show, but... Uh, you know, one of the things that you have to really embrace, you have to remember, and you have to kind of, you know, not only connect with, but we can't hate what we don't understand. Or, as Bob Dylan says, don't criticize what you can't understand. You know, one of the mindset hacks that I had there, um, number seven, where it says, you know, being opinionated without being informed is stupid. But I actually think this is different, right? A lot of people will actually bash something, not because they think it's bad, but ultimately they don't understand what its value is, they don't take the time to learn it, and they are, they are scared they might actually like it. Therefore, to prevent themselves from going through this change process, they actually criticize it, right? They criticize what they don't understand, and to me, this is a major, major issue. This is something that we have to get over because in this world that's going on today, there's so much hate, there's so much anger, there's so much distaste. I truly feel that there's enough out there to go around. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to, we don't need to make it this world any more hateful, any more uh, deterrent, any more bad. And I think, you know, one of the things that you, a lot of people will do is they will they will bash what you are doing because they can't do it because they don't understand it. And so I challenge you this. When someone tells you that they, you know, they're, they're bashing what you like, or they're, and not, a sports team doesn't count, right? I'm a Steelers fan, and I know every Patriots fan is going to bash me. I know I'm going to bash every Cleveland Browns fan. Sports don't count. But with change with everything else, with change around the rest of what's going on, you have to, you have to put that in context. Because oftentimes, we always talk about haters, right? Oh my goodness, I have haters. Well, one of the things that I've started to do is I really want to embrace empathy when I'm looking at my haters. And what I mean by that is I want to be able to walk in their, in their shoes. I want to be able to see the world how they see it. And I want to look at the change that they're bashing or they're hating on and see what is the root of that hate. Is it because they really think the way I'm doing it is bad? Or is it because I went about doing something differently than someone else? Or maybe I went the unconventional approach. Or probably there's a good chance that I did what they were thinking about doing. I just did it before them. Because there's this weird thing in the world today. You don't need permission to take action. 
But I do believe to have an opinion, you must be informed. You should not hate what you don't understand. But also for us that have people that hate or you have people that don't understand what you're doing, let's also remember those people oftentimes are coming at it from a place of afraid of change or jealous of change, not because they hate you as a person. Let's make it our mission to stop hating what we don't understand, to start sharing and helping other people see the light. And remember, you want to understand and love change, but don't embrace change for change's sake. If you're changing your process and it's adding steps or times to the time in your workflow, don't do it. But make sure you ask yourself the question and put yourself through the steps to test out that change. Too many people don't ask themselves why they're doing something because they don't want to do the change. I love asking, why am I doing it this way? And is there a better way to do it? My name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocialFans. Episode 46 is a wrap. Make it a great day, my friends. Yeah.